The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, weekend editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio on site at the Single Barrel. A flex schedule Saturday ahead of the night ball game between Nebraska and Georgia Southern. Hale Varsity Radio presented by your friends at Currency for all your equipment. Financing needs go currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, and Elijah Herbal. Mark, I like your background. Great to have everybody in. We are going to be able to uh, run down Steve. Cranach, this is a treat for you from a distance. Elijah and I had a chance to meet Freedom, the bald eagle, last night. So you have fewer live mascots in college football. And, and Freedom's going to join us on set here shortly. He uh, did a little bit of a dry run with us before you popped on and freaked out. So he's going to keep his, uh, well, his executioner's mask on. Uh, You're talking about like an uh, actual bald eagle, us. is that right? Yeah, live, live bald, bald eagle. Steve's... Steve's uh, you're, talking to Nebraska fans this, right now. You're saying this so casually as though that's like a normal thing. So an eagle is showing up and, man, those things have talons and those things have sharp uh-huh. beaks mm-hmm. and they don't have a ton of care about human life. I'm mm-hmm. just saying be careful. No, I'll be fine. Have you seen what raptors do? Like they are ruthless, dude. You you can find a hawk yeah. and it'll 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 pick off a blue jay. I've I've seen this happen. <laughs> but bring it up on top of a roof well, and just start picking that thing apart alive while the blue jay is screaming. That's wild what you're kingdom. Be dealing with. Well, wild well, kingdom. Well, the, the birds of prey they they like shiny objects. They like pretty objects. So Schmitty's safe. Yeah. Can you tell I'm live at Memorial Stadium? By the way, if you're watching the stream, <laughs> you're up on the upper deck. Yeah, you can tell. Uh, you got these virtual backgrounds on StreamYard, the technology that allows us to stream on Twitter, Facebook, etc. And, uh, you know, you can choose yeah, the here, virtual here backgrounds like you can on Zoom meetings and all that stuff. Um, yeah. It's not as good, though. The green screen's so not Steve, as good, and it's kind of obvious. Perfect. Steve is with us. And, uh, Steve, uh, let's get a little background on you, sir. We met yesterday. Yes. How long have you uh, been hanging out with Freedom? And tell us about Freedom and his time with Georgia Southern. Well, and so Freedom uh, is 18 years old. And so uh, from what I understand, they live to be in captivity 16 years. But I I think he'll live much longer on average. I have some birds that are – we just lost an eagle that's 32 years old. Mm. So he'll be with us for quite some time, I'm sure. But uh, he's part of Georgia Southern University's Wildlife Center, a project I was uh, so very fortunate to be a part of. We started back in uh, 1992. We opened in 1997. Devote to environmental education. 
bringing man and nature together, and what better than our national symbol? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mark Cranach, you see him with the yes. blue hat on screen, my partner, yeah. and you met Elijah last night. Sure. And uh, Cranach, uh, Freedom's just chilling out right now. Uh, he's he's a fan of mice, but he's he's a fan of making road trips. How many how many does Freedom hit all the road? No, he road does trips? not. You know, we we're on sacred ground. We're here in Nebraska playing an incredible legacy type organization uh, as, as the Cornhuskers. So I, I think uh, when it's important, I think we pull out all the stops, and and uh, it's just been wonderful. And I'll tell you everything they've said about Nebraska. It's the first time I've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly spend a lot of time out west hunting with my hawks and falcons. But I'll be back with Nebraska, and I'll tell you why. It's the people. And, you know, you hear about it, but my gosh. And uh, so now when I say that, when it comes to gridiron, you know, all, all bets off. No, I, absolutely. <laughs> Football's football, you know. Uh, yeah. What's Freedom's yeah. record on road trips? You know, he's done pretty darn well. You know, we don't bring him out often. So when he comes on a road trip, he does well. But he, he's one of probably only five Eagles that are actually being flown uh, in the United States. And it's not because wow. of anything I would possess. It's just simply they're very hard. To, this is one of the most protected animals sure. on planet Earth. And, and so uh, we waited 15 years before we got Freedom. He's been with us now for uh, 18 years. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a good, a no. good joy. And I tell you, I get some great seats on the sidelines, too. <laughs> I bet you do. Mark, go now, ahead, does, bud. Does, does he actually f- fly, or, or do you keep him there? Like yeah, I've seen it sometimes where the birds will actually fly and come back. Is this a falconry sort of show that you, that you do with this guy? Oh yeah. So he's oh, going to oh fly gosh. around yeah, Memorial we, we, Stadium. We fly, later. Uh, no, no. Okay. No. okay. First okay. off, I don't think uh, I, there aren't too many opposing teams that want an enemy, you know, B fifty two flying around their stadium. That's a little bit too much energy. But, I, I, but no, home games he, he flies, and and we work diligently for that. And he doesn't always log his flight plans. There, there are times he, he, he kind of leaves me like you know on a first date, and he leaves me hanging for a few minutes out on, mm-hmm. on the ten yard line. But but uh, it really is something beautiful, something wonderful to be traveling. As I was saying to the group of uh, Cornhuskers right at the table over there, that that he belongs to all of us. It does not belong to Georgia Southern by any mm-hmm. stretch. Um, uh, it's it's property of the U.S. government. He's permanent to the university, and, and can quite frankly be taken uh, at any time. You know, mm. whatever's in his best interest. So, uh, I've been handling birds for 35 years. So far, we haven't had any uh, any uh, run amok. Uh, I really devote my life to environmental education and bird prey in particular. Well, Steve is with us here from uh, Georgia Southern and, of course, Freedom, the Eagle, and uh, 18 years, man. That, that's that's impressive, and he's so beautiful. I'm staring right now, and you can watch this on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, so we're streaming live. But his, his talents, I mean, just, uh, they're huge. But he is so agile and just uh, just what, what he's been about with. Uh, well, we know it's a regal predatory bird. Right. And, yeah, and yes. I will say That's this, trying to spit out. one of the big joys is that uh, regardless of how we're faring on the football field, uh, you know, there are things much bigger than athletic endeavors. And, and in this case, I always, uh, fourth quarter, I go into the stands, mm-hmm. uh, the opposing team stands, and uh, get the opportunity to share freedom with uh, with the people. And that's really, I think, the bigger, larger mission for me personally is to engage with, with people. And uh, and I'll tell you, if, if anything, now I know things are different at the stadium mm-hmm. and all the tradition, but my guess is I will be real, freedom will be well-received. And I look, oh. look forward to sharing freedom with, with some of the Cornhusker fans. Steve, I'm curious, as somebody that handles an animal like that, like that's an atypical animal, right? Like these are... These are very impressive, yeah. substantial, strong, agile, independent. Like th- these are 
These are really something. This isn't like having a little parakeet. <laughs> what what are like the number one, two, and three <laughs> rules that you sort of have to follow in order to keep him from freaking out, <laughs> flying away, or using those talons for, for something we don't want him to do? Some, some rules to, to have freedom, uh, to keep him comfortable in his surroundings. Yes. Kind of getting him acclimated. That's where we were chirping a little bit there, Mark, so I was just translating. Yeah, sorry, and, and, and that's a very good question. And, and my primary concern, uh, this is now the fourth or fifth president I've worked with, and, and you know, we've got a great administration in, in Dr. Kyle Marrero, but but I, I'm, I'm given full discretion as to do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. His, his well-being is number one, to include whether or not we fly, to include whether or not, uh, you know, if he, for any reasons, is not in his normal game, face then then we pop the hood on and we 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 depart and so but yes in fish and wildlife we're regulated by both uh u.s fish and wildlife and georgia department of natural resources and 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 above all else my own ethics and my own uh you know sense of what's right and wrong but uh the hood is is simply that if anything ever upsets them the hood goes on and lights out so if there's any you know fireworks or things like that we we don't want to expose them to that it's it's uh it's quite an honor. I feel like I'm the, the, the guard of the tomb at mm-hmm. the you know, unknown soldier. I mean, it's a, I realize he draws a lot of attention. I'm just a walking and talking uh, bubblehead. But it could be the worst jobs. No, this is really cool. Yeah. No, and, and I know we got cut off a little bit because of the chirping. And But, but um, more my question is, what are rules to follow in order to keep him happy? <laughs> like, what do you do to make sure that the bird... Uh, doesn't misbehave like what, what do you what do you do to keep him relatively tame okay well I, I think I'm hearing bits and pieces of it but but we're in that regulations we're kind of getting into that details but but um, again being a licensed falconer how we handle the bird the bird is always affixed to me to my mm-hmm. person so he, he even though he's capable of flying he physically wouldn't be able to do that um, the, the the bird is not going to harm any person the, the, there's not aggression Towards that, it's it's um, with with these apex solitary hunters. It's either a fight or flight. So mm-hmm. the, so so I'm never worried about that kind of engagement as you would be with a tiger or a bear or something. That they just don't go after people. That but but meanwhile, if he started an early flight home to a, to Atlanta, I'd be a little concerned. Sure. So he's it's the flight that it's really my, my job is to always be very sensitive towards uh, his. Uh, being feared or, or, or being fearful, that fight mm-hmm. or flight. Mm-hmm. But aggression mm-hmm. is not an issue. Uh, it just is. Huh. Steve is with us here from Georgia Southern. Go ahead, Elijah. You're uh, going to pop on. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, like in terms of discipline, it's not like a, a squirt bottle type thing, right? Where like that's what I use with my cat and with my dog, little squirt bottle when they misbehave. It's not that. <laughs> we're we're not able to to clearly hear you, yep. Elijah. So um, type that in if you could for me before we will reset here in about 15 minutes we're, we're streaming we're on the air it's all sure. good it's just our our uh, the noise tech from yeah. from them oh we're, we're not getting it we're we're good here uh we are here with steve georgia southern nebraska and freedom the eagle steve uh is there a website that, that folks can can check out uh with georgia southern with you with sure. with freedom well you know we're, we're i'm a little bit derelict of duty on that but certainly georgia southern you can go to, to our website look up the wildlife Center. So okay. it's just the George Southern Wildlife Center, and we'll pop up there pretty prominently. And, you know, it, it is, again, I, I double down the privilege to, to be uh, not just working with a, a school mascot, which is a neat thing, but uh, being able to handle our national symbol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was great controversy. Ben Franklin was not 
He uh, went to the wild turkey, didn't he? Yeah, he was a little wild turkey. And I'll tell you the reason why. Most people don't fill that in. Some people know that it was not his first, uh, you know, something unique to North America, which was turkeys and, mm-hmm. and bald eagles as well. But he looked at the tenacity and the uh, natural history of eagles. Where, you know, eagles will not hesitate to uh, take advantage of the smaller cousin, the osprey, and, <laughs> and just kind of harass them until they drop their their pay grade or their, their food. And so um, not only that, uh, we know this, and I've seen it in hunting out west in places like Colorado. They'll eat on uh, roadkill or dead deer and snow. So they thought, well, that was kind of, you know, you flash forward to 2022. Mm-hmm. I think our eagles are pretty good simple if you'll do what you have to do to stay alive. Sure. You know, or, to, you know, a lot of grit. And my point is they're not an elitist. They're going to get down and get dirty mm-hmm. and, and do what they have to do to survive. So with all due respect to Ben Franklin, I think they're a, a wonderful symbol of, of, our, our, of our great nation. Absolutely. Steve is here. Freedom, the uh, bald eagle uh, on site with us here at the graduate. Tail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Steve, uh, Clay uh, Helton, uh, fantastic yes. uh, coach and, and get for, for Georgia Southern. A proud program. A lot of national championships well, yes, we with, are. Uh, the, with the option football. And Nebraska fans are, are looking to see if Nebraska plays a better game today. How are you guys feeling? Uh, you've been around the team a little bit. How's, how's the trip been? And let's talk ball game here for two seconds. Sure, at sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I know nothing about X's nose. And yet I've been long, I've been with the team for 15 years and yeah. watching and through multiple coaches. So let me first remark on the incredible job that Clay Helton as head coach is doing. And, you know, I, 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 I did this and I haven't spoke widely of it, but I've talked to all the support crew mm-hmm. and I just to find out, you know, is is he all that in a cup of tea? Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter, yes. So so what he brings and his lovely wife, Angela, they, they, they just they've raised the bar. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad to see that. And, of course, uh, our, our assistant, uh, our executive director, uh, President uh, Kyle Marrero mm-hmm. and, and Jared Banco as athletic director. You know, they, they, they did their homework. So we've got something that's really dynamic. Um, last week was uh, a start game for us, but wow, it took them a little while to get kicked in gear, and I suspect, you know, the energy level is very, very positive. Um, you know, I've, I, I, you know, informally just taking a sense of it. I think they're thrilled to be here. I talked to a few of the players, and they're on cloud nine. You know, I just think they believe, and, and, and as you and I know, when you're 18 years old, believing is more than 50% of the battle. It so, is. So I think, they're, I think they're in a good place. I think the, 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 the stadium, I can't wait to get there. I understand that's, that is holy ground, you know. And, third largest city. It becomes the third largest city in the state. Yeah, someone <laughs> told me that. So, so it's good to, good to be. I don't know what the rules and regulations and what language you speak, but, uh, well, I guess it's uh, football and Cornhuskerese. I'll learn it's the, football. Yeah. It's yeah. football. And yeah. Yeah. you uh, hopefully had a, a good stake here at the single barrel or get a good stake oh, before I, you take I off. I did. My, the, but, but the people, that's the other thing, that the people are just wonderful. And, I, and it's so much so that I, uh, I did what I don't do much. I'm not very I'm challenged when it comes to technology, but I had to Google Lincoln, and I mm-hmm. wanted to, and sure enough, they said that, you know, it, nationally, it's gaining incredible prominence in terms of the quality of life. Uh, they were big into the music scene, the mm-hmm. college said it. So I'm walking in, in, uh, downtown, and I'm not going to knock that, that uh, university in, jo- in the state of Georgia that has that kind of asthmatic bulldog but anyway <laughs> I, you know I, w- I wouldn't do that poor, uh, poor Uga. oh yeah i guess that's his name i, I really but anyway um but my uh the downtown area of, of athens is wonderful and of course they're hmm? national well champions. Known. yeah they're yeah. just incredible but i walk downtown here and it's like wow yeah you 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 rival anything i've seen okay yeah lincoln's yeah. got it going on yeah. for sure man it is Isn't awesome it? to spend time with hey. you 
This thank you great. so much well, for thank you. all of your time. Thank you, Freedom, for coming by the uh, the show here at Hale Varsity. And uh, best of luck to you guys tonight. Well, and I sure appreciate you not asking me uh, who I hope wins tonight. I know, so we'll, I know. We'll just leave it at that. I know, I know who you're pulling for. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Thank you so Steve, much. Take care. Appreciate you. All righty. Freedom, you take care, bud. All right. That was pretty awesome. Great. <laughs> we got you back. Elijah, we got you back. I, it was a little uh, dicey there, not to get too inside baseball, but that come across to you guys all right. Freedom's pretty awesome. He's just chilling right now once he got the hood put on. Yeah, 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 we hear you just fine now. Uh, that's the first time, though, in Hale Varsity uh, Saturday Morning Edition um, radio show history that Flex you schedule. have addressed a bird of prey uh, on our way to break. I mean, you said, hey, Freedom, take care. Like, <laughs> Freedom's like, yeah, you too, bro. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm a bird. Uh, but that was, so that was solid. I mean, a full-on bald eagle. Those things, the wingspans, go from anywhere from five and a half to seven and a half feet. But they only weigh like 13 pounds, man. Those things are, God, they're impressive. Really cool-looking animals. He, I mean, and, and he, Steve, last night, Dolman popped down, me and Elijah and uh, and Scotty, uh, loyal listener. So we're just getting a picture, and then the, the wingspan was in, in full glory, full display uh, as he's... Above, uh, you have Steve behind us with his, you know, his his mitt that is is where freedom perches, and up above us. I mean, it looked, quite frankly, it looked uh, photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like it with wasn't the, even real, like with, the phoenix with, is rising kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, right, right. So we will dive into some football. Hell of a ball game you heard on ESPN Lincoln before we came on. Alabama does it again, and they don't get challenged often. But, man, uh, Bryce Young was 15-19 with a touchdown, a two-minute drive, well, really a 90-second drive to get into field goal range. And uh, Texas really looked good uh, as well with their athletes, their physicality, their speed. And Quinn Ewers, bro, uh, I know we all – Look at a five-star and say, okay, this guy's supposed to be the next greatest thing since sliced bread. He was incredible with his accuracy and where he was putting the ball before he got planted. (laughs) He jumped in the air and he got caught and he got spiked. And I hope he's not out for too long, but he was a lot of fun to watch, man. It's, It's not super difficult when you look at that quarterback room. Uh, you know, what was crowded in Texas, Nebraska will gladly take with Casey Thompson and Cranach and, and Elijah. He's got a chance to to have a kind of a breakout game tonight as well as, as Oklahoma looms. Yeah, well, and look, I'm not really happy about, you know, I was getting 14 and a half today for for uh, for Alabama. And that's, that was like a no-brainer. It, that, and that thing jumped up to 21. And I'm like, come on, man! It's just like college football. Just God, it's really pissing me off lately. <laughs> it's so hard to it's so hard oh, it's, to it's, figure out anymore. Like, how is from, Texas from the from the from the degenerate standpoint? I can I can agree with you with oh. being on the wrong side of some things. But they, there's been incredible ball games back to back weekends. Oh, we just need to discuss here. Brandon Vogel's. Yeah, no, I get you. Brandon Vogel's going to be with us in about five minutes. We'll try and figure out with him. What? If it's going to be a, a, a difficult ball game tonight, Mark, because yeah, we got to get into the fact that Northwestern fell to Duke this morning as well, 
And they Duke, got Duke, drilled. And a convincing performance. Northwestern tried to, to make it a game late, but alarm bells going off in my head whenever I see a Duke team who wasn't all that impressive last week going and taking it to Northwestern at Ryan Field. That was warning bells for Elijah Herbal. That's all I'll say, yeah. warning bells. Yeah, there's... That's not that's not the Duke Jacks, with turnovers. Zion Williamson or Christian Leitner, right? Like that's the Duke football team. <laughs> and like it's name one the, famous the David. Duke football player. Well, the guy that's quarterback in in New York, but I can't come up with his name. Exactly, uh, is it famous? Daniel Jones, right? Yeah, well, so Dimes. There we go. A quick timeout. We're here at uh, the Single Barrel Hale Varsity Radio. Weekend edition, free game ahead of Nebraska-Georgia Southern. If you just missed it, Elijah will uh, no doubt get uh, a little bit of footage of Freedom, the Bald Eagle mascot for Georgia Southern, posted on social media. That was really cool, but you're welcome to follow along with us. ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, as uh, we are streaming, and then we're down here till about 5 o'clock as we get you ready for Nebraska-Georgia Southern. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Hale Bar City Radio, presented by Currency Brandon Vogels, up next. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. We are presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, back in his football office. Brandon L. Vogel, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, a tweet in from Very Goldwater asking, so Nebraska is worse than Duke asking for a friend. Uh, not, not great. We are streaming live on ESPN, Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter and can watch along there. If you're just joining us, uh, thanks for tuning in. But, man, you missed Freedom, the live mascot. Freedom, the bald eagle for Georgia Southern, sat down with us. He, uh, Steve, his handler, Steve, uh, part of the wildlife and uh, natural resource wing of Georgia Southern, uh, was there and gracious enough to introduce Freedom to us last night. And uh, Freedom sat down along with Steve today. That was really pretty cool. Vogue, uh, have you ever got to hang out with the bald eagle before? I've hung out with Freedom before, or at least been in the same stadium as Freedom. I have seen it fly around okay. uh, the stadium at Georgia Southern. I was there for a Georgia Southern-Georgia State game in 2014, I believe, uh, when a 5-6 and six okay. Georgia State team punched its ticket to bowl eligibility by winning its fifth straight game. And, and not only, like, I just want to mention the fact that Brandon Vogel's been put in a tough spot here because not only does he have to follow up a real-life bald eagle, he's also going to have to do it while talking about Duke football. Like, we've just put him in a tough spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vogel's like, yes, I've met Freedom. What's your point? And two, I've seen him in action, Schmidt. Back off. Uh, I like it. 
so, Vogues, how are we feeling today? It's been a busy week. You have uh, Nebraska with uh, a set of goals today, uh, not only internally, but there's a, there's a checklist the fans want to note out, see, and, and make sure that gets hit on today with this ball game. Uh, do you think this thing's going to follow suit to, uh, to North Dakota like last week? It'll be a tighter ball game, or do you think Nebraska maybe uh, finds a little bit more rhythm? Maybe Nebraska finds a little bit more of a groove as it's uh, week three for them, and the, the more you play, the theoretically, the better you get. Yeah, um, well, before the start of the day, I felt a little bit better about Nebraska's chances. Uh, I don't know if these things come in, in waves or not, but Texas sure looked game as about a three-touch dog, uh, which is about as they look for Nebraska and Georgia State game. Pat State's tied up, Texas A&M. Uh, Georgia State, speaking of, pushed North Carolina a little bit. So goes to show, you know, it, anything can happen in these. That said, I like this matchup, I think, a little better for, for Nebraska than I did even against North Dakota. Georgia Southern's a better kind of more athletically talented team, but it's still a team that's in, you know, about as big a transition as you can have when you look at coming from a modern version, but still basically an option offense to, you know, no kind of up-tempo shotgun spread stuff that Clay Helton's trying to do. So I think that's kind of the expectation for me is for Nebraska to, you know, they've, they've scored first in both games so far. That's a good start, literally. Um, do that again and then build on it a little bit. Can they? Can the defense force some stops? Can the offense stay on the field a little bit? That was one of my keys for this one. Um, and why I don't think the first two games probably looked like maybe what Nebraska's true ability level is, is the offense hasn't had the ball for more than 25 minutes in a game. Can that change today? That's that's crazy to say. Brandon Vogel is with us on on Hale Varsity Radio that they haven't had it for more than 25 minutes. And, and they, they might have that chance today just because of the tempo that Georgia Southern goes with, which is pretty similar to Nebraska's, maybe a second or two better. Um, th- that said, the, this, the concern I s- still have with this unit in particular um, is just that they are going to go air raid. They are going to throw it a lot. And if you look at maybe a spot that Nebraska struggled defensively, secondary is kind of up there, right? Like outside of Newsom, I, I wouldn't say that you've had very consistent play. Does that give you pause at all, considering the athleticism that Georgia Southern brings? I mean, they definitely have some playmakers at wide receiver. They're, they're kind of missing, you know, and this is surprise at a, a g5 team but they might be missing you know that six three six four wide receiver but they've got some five ten guys that are, are plenty fast and plenty good that can hurt you and and go a long ways in a hurry that said i've actually liked the pass defense a little bit better than i've liked nebraska's run defense at this point i think tommy hill's been kind of quietly solid nothing that has made you know has kind of made him jump off the page yet. Safety's been a little bit of a mixed bag, and then you mentioned Newsom, I think, has been the best of that group so far. The the part that's a little concerning for me with Nebraska in the past defense is just the completion percentage. It's up over 65% allowed so far. I think it might be 68, which is really high. Um, 
and and that's tough and it's tough against a team like this i'm sure that was part of georgia southern scout of like hey you know we'll look for some deep shots but if we can just continue completing passes that might be our best way forward that said nebraska's done a good job of limiting big passing plays so far uh at least on a kind of national scale so we'll see um and we'll see if if the pass rush building off of last week's second half in particular uh can can help out a little bit on that front Brendan, I feel like we almost say this every single week, but with Nebraska's tendency to lose the turnover battle in a game, do you think that could come back to bite them more in this game than against an opponent like North Dakota simply because of that dink and dunk offense from Georgia Southern, the potential for that? Because if you're giving them short fields, you know, less room for your defense to work with to finally bow up and make a stop, that turnover differential could be huge today. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's a matchup. Nebraska somehow doesn't win very often, um, which it has been a, a multiple regime, multiple year, well, multiple decade at this point problem for Nebraska. So, you know, this this Georgia Southern team, I think you, know, you look at Northwestern and you look at North Dakota. This is the offense that probably has the potential to put up the most. They played Morgan State, which is not a good team at the moment, a year or a week ago, and put up 59, um, most of that in the second half. So I think there is some danger there. You know, you go minus two in turnovers, and all of a sudden, you know, treat those each of those turnovers as basically five points. So that's 10 points down. You know, Duke got to mention earlier, and the fact, of course, Northwestern beat Nebraska, Duke beats Northwestern. Nebraska by three with the Huskers basically being minus three in turnovers when you factor in the onside kick, which I would consider effectively a turnover. It's not an excuse for Nebraska. We've seen it all too often over the years, but that's kind of the reality of it when you want to look at, well, what's Northwestern's deal after losing to Duke? Brandon Vogel is with us, Hale Varsity Weekend Edition, here at uh, the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. It's uh, Sea Red in here as Georgia Southern is now departing. They are loading up their bus. Very, very complimentary of Nebraska. They are excited to be here. Not a lot of fear going on with them uh, as their quarterback's uh, been here just a year ago. Uh, he has not been sacked very often and uh, a boatload of dropbacks. Uh, I think just eight sacks and his uh, protection in Buffalo was good. Can it match today at, at Georgia Southern? And, you know, Vogues, when, when you do this shift uh, to kind of an air raid spread shotgun from, from an option offense, that, that's a big ask. You can have fantastic athletes make that transition but are your linemen able to be uh, what they need to be in pass protection uh, so uh, is this a day where maybe Mathis gets off or is this a day where you have uh, a guy like Caleb Tanner, or Garrett Nelson maybe somebody from the interior they go off as well is this a good opportunity for Nebraska because of this transition or uh, could it go the other way and be continually telling about just what this front four or front seven is? Yeah, it, it, it could be, I think. So Georgia Southern was in a pretty interesting spot. Both lines kind of transitioning to the, the play help era, not just the transition from an option offense to a more modern kind of typical system. 
But I think they had three or four offensive linemen who kind of had a decision to make, who had an extra year of eligibility. Um, I think all of them ended up coming back. And you think about what a difference that makes for a coach in a first year. You know, even if those were option option type O linemen, just having that experience. Now, I do think the Eagles started a true freshman at left guard last week, so that'll be something to watch. Obviously, a pretty big step up from the state to to big and defensive linemen. Same thing sort of happened on, on the defense Southern where they had some guys where it could have been a really young unit up front, uh, but with some good decisions, uh, or I guess Clay Helton would call them good decisions because uh, they certainly benefited him. They ended up not being. So I think every Nebraska game against, no matter who the opponent is, is, is going to be a question of who wins the lines, lines of scrimmage. And the Huskers have an edge here, but it's not a foregone conclusion for me at this point. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio as we get set for Nebraska and Georgia Southern. Um, the way the first two weeks have shaken out have just made people uh, tense, maybe is the best way to put it. Angry. Um, it does <laughs> sort of feel like a game-by-game situation. It's just kind of kind of what it feels like. It, doesn't, it feels very similar to Callahan 07, very similar to Riley 17. Um, all that said, are... Are you concerned that this team could have that kind of meltdown or that kind of performance either side of the ball that we saw from those two swan song years from Callahan and from Riley where the team just essentially fell apart and gave up? I, I would be surprised to, to see that happen. I'd be, I'd be surprised to see it happen defensively. Um, you know, I think Eric Shenander has has proven himself to be a pretty steady and even coach. And you look at Nebraska's linebacker group, and I, I think they're just too good there to, to have that kind of that kind of meltdown. Worry about it a little bit more on offense, even though at this point the offense might Nebraska's offense might have a higher ceiling than the defense for me. Um, we've seen some some good moments from them, and we talked earlier. They haven't had a ton of opportunity when you look at time of possession. That's something you got to get fixed before you get into more Big Ten play. So offense might have the higher ceiling, but you look at the number of transfers on that group too. Um, makes it a little bit more volatile in in my mind because you know if you. God forbid, have a go on a losing streak here. We all know the stakes and the pressure around this season. And uh, it just seems like a situation that kind of could go either way um, if that were to be how things unfolded for Nebraska. Brandon, quickly uh, here, let's talk a little bit of offensive line. As the offensive line struggled first against Northwestern, and then last week they got it going in the run game late, uh, but they did struggle with it at North Dakota defensive line that I think a lot of people were expecting them to outclass. What is your concern level with the offensive line today against a Georgia Southern team that I think we can expect to be a little bit more athletic uh, and, and a little bit more, uh, I think the word that the coaching staff used this week was twitchy uh, in terms of uh, the athletes you can get on that defensive line? Yeah, pretty athletic, as you'd expect. I mean, look, Georgia Southern's been a little bit down, but this is a strong program that has a history of winning. It's a strong program and a strong conference, the Sun Belt. Um, so they are going to be be athletic up front. A year ago, uh, it really came to define that defense, which 
was okay. It wasn't great. It was below average, but in their three wins a year ago, they averaged nine tackles for loss in those wins. I mean, that's that's a really high number. That was fifth nationally. Even in their losses, they were up over, I think, four and a half or five, which is still above average. So this was a team that was kind of a negative play defense. Um, their defensive coordinator was the secondary coach at Washington, which, you know, we remember Washington season going off the rails for a lot of reasons last year, but the past defense wasn't one of them. So there's some athletes on this Georgia Southern team that, that can give Nebraska some problems. And I think it's kind of, you know, front to back, maybe not so much at the, at the middle level there at linebacker, but they're going to have players who can make pretty good plays. Brandon Vogel with us. City Radio. Go, go ahead, oh. Cranek. No, go ahead. I, you know, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna jump into. Uh, That's fine. Now, the, the one thing that we all know, uh, if you've grown up around and covered Nebraska, like I think we know the nuances of running backs pretty well. Like if you were to pick one position that Nebraskans understand and know and recognize, running back would be it. I put Anthony Grant right up there. I know it's only been two games. But I, I am not seeing anything from him, knock on wood, so far that tells me. I mean, that I, he seems like the real deal, doesn't he, Brandon? He does. Uh, and, you know, Clay Helton this week said he thinks he's going to be one of the best running backs in the country by the end of the season. And it, it didn't strike me as one of those, like, you just compliment the team, you're getting ready to play. Like, this struck me as, you know, a moment of, oh, we watched those two games and came away impressed. You know, in terms of Nebraska, it's, it's been, you know, a while since Nebraska's had the consistency at running back. But just with Grant so far and the way he kind of operates, the way he runs, reminds me a, a little bit of Roy Hallou. Like, that might be the most direct Nebraska comparison based mm. on what I've seen so far. And that's not a bad place to be if, no. if that's what Nebraska's going to get for the rest of the season. Vogues, you're over under on Casey Thompson designed runs slash option calls. And then uh, I need a prediction and a score from you, good sir. Hmm. Over, under, I'll go three and a half. Um, If Nebraska can kind of get off to the start it it has in past weeks and and build on that a little bit more than it has through through two games so far, uh, it might not be a game where you need those runs from Casey Thompson, which Nebraska did in a couple of cases uh last week you know i think this is i think this is the game where we see nebraska's offense show a little bit more of what it's kind of shown in flashes a little bit more consistently so i like the huskers to put up a pretty good amount of points um i'd probably be in the 38 21 range 38 17 somewhere in there good call folks i'm uh, i'm i'm thinking about that yeah, folks, quickly here, though, if it does all go wrong for, for Nebraska today, where does it go wrong on, on the flip side of things? Probably um, you probably have some struggles defensively. Might be that, you know, that pass defense, which Mark mentioned. Um, it, it's still like I, I like where the pass defense, I think, can get overall. But you get a couple of big plays, which Georgia Southern had a week ago, and you know all of a sudden you find yourself in level footing on a game where you thought you might be 
fighting from higher ground a little bit. That and, you know, turnovers are always a recipe for being in a closer game than you'd like to be. So those two things will probably be top of the list for me. Brandon Vogel with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. And find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogels will have some insight for sure uh, on social media and uh, a must-see and read column uh, post-Nebraska-Georgia Southern. And then Vogues, it's Oklahoma week next week. So that'll be good. We'll see if Nebraska does uh, their job today. Uh, the the dreaded trap game <laughs> has been uttered this week, and I kind of buy into it with the look ahead. But Nebraska right now has kind of been staring in the mirror, I would think, and, and focusing on them. So, Vogues, enjoy your football Saturday, bud. Thanks for the time today, and we'll check in next week. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Brandon. There he is. Good from I, – I, I just love the – the office look at Vogue's. I say this every time we have him on, but it's, I mean, it's big time, man. It's, it's, uh, I would want to say the Dean Wormer office because it's 10 times better, but it looks just spectacular. No, I mean, where, where your setup, Crane Act, I mean, is, is good. You're, um, that, that's a beautiful paint on the wall. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm guarding the whiskey closet here at Single Barrel, over 200 whiskeys to choose from. Did you by chance see? Oh, no, you don't have social media. <clears throat> Elijah and I hammered the uh, no, the, I did the carving that. board last night, bro. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw that. What, what is that? That's like, what, brisket and steak? And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, man. brisket, two steaks. Yeah, brisket. Burger. Plus, you, know, you got the sirloin and the strip, the two steaks. The burger, the andouille sausage, the brisket. Oh, it was fantastic. That sounds Poor Elijah, boring. like, was beat red in the cheeks. Bro, it was getting And it was, was sweating a little me. bit. It was I mean, I was. To me. <laughs> oh, I felt horrible for you. And I'm like, what have I done to this poor guy? Um, <laughs> but we, uh, we hammered through it. That was a proud moment, man. That was a proud moment for us to be able to uh, annihilate. How much beef was there, Elijah? How many pounds? Oh, if I had to venture to guess, somewhere in that, that I don't know, four pound range, would you say? Is that, that too much? I, I think so. I think so. No, that looks about right. Yeah. yeah. For... Quick timeout. We'll wind down this first hour. Rewind coming up with Rick Kaczynski. He has some good insight on Georgia Southern. Also, uh, a, a look at what he thinks Nebraska's struggling with right now. Really good coach's eye from Coach Kaz coming up. We talked to him earlier in the week. Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. Uh, will be on site with us uh, in about 40 minutes. We're here at the single barrel inside the graduate. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. The Hail Varsity Radio Saturday morning show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. A Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with his longtime Nebraska and Iowa coach. Kaz, I'm, I'm back out of the COVID dungeon. I'm sure you shed a tear for me. 
Yeah, I didn't realize you had COVID, man. So a lot of that going around, but uh, but you're back to normal and feeling good as new. But uh, air, air quote normal. I figured you you put money down that I was locked up abroad. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, COVID. That's good. I guess it's uh, a good excuse, right? And everybody's gonna buy that. So. <laughs> A detox after your uh, <laughs> Ireland trip. Yeah, yeah, detox. Uh-huh. I think the Mayo Clinic got one of those uh, week-long intensive recovery <laughs> programs. Yeah, up there. I, I got sent away. That's the that's the E True Hollywood story. Uh, <laughs> Kaz, we'll, we'll get into some football around the the quarter. I thought uh, if you saw a little bit of North Dakota, Nebraska, what what'd you take away uh, from from Saturday? You know. Uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah I was able to watch a uh, majority of the game. Um, you know, I just it just looked like everybody was a little bit tight, man. You know, it looked like the players were pressing. Um, you know, I, I get the expectations. Hey, man, we're in Nebraska, it's North Dakota. Um, you know, should should be up on them. You know, four scores in the first half, all that. And and, I, and there's a lot of merit to that. Um, I just saw I saw a tight. I saw a tight football team. Um, you know, I, I I saw a team that you know was kind of playing, and and I've been on teams I've coached that way. You know, mistakenly where you're you're trying not to make a mistake, right? You put a lot of pressure on the kids. You're playing tight. You didn't play loose. You just didn't kind of go out and have the guns blazing. That's that's what kind of that's what kind of I saw um, from the team. It's not. You know, when you look at this team, I don't see like there's a lack of effort or attitudes and things like that. Um, you know, Shmay, I've been I've been on some really good football teams um, as a player and and you know as a coach, uh, been a part of you know Iowa two set Orange Bowl team had to block two field goals to to beat Northern Iowa. Um, you know, McNeese State. You know, if we had played them. You know, a hundred times we probably would have beat them ninety-nine times by four scores, but uh, you know, needed Amir to to pull it out. Um, there's just things that happen on Saturday when you when you get a bunch of kids on a field. I'm not making excuses. I'm not an apologist. There's there's a ton of a ton of work to do. There's a ton of things that watching a TV copy. It's really tough to see. Um, but there's a lot of things that you know I didn't like. You know, the touchdown on the goal line. Kid went in untouched. Obviously, the turnover, um, and, and just kind of the whole the whole overall rhythm of uh, you know of the of the offense for about three and a half quarters. You, you just still didn't you still just didn't see that rhythm, that smoothness, that gelling. Um, you had guys, and I know that's part of it. That you know, it's like they had to make plays to move the ball down the field. It wasn't it wasn't methodic. And you know, when you're playing in the Big Ten, and when you're when you're uh, playing a team like North Dakota, who you're who you're physic way more physically imposing, and you want to see those methodic drives, and I just didn't see them string that together in, until until the fourth quarter. Rick Kaczynski's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Kaz, as a coach, it's something I, I said in our reaction show on Saturday. It's something I want to get your take on a ugly loss is better than a pretty win. Is, is that the mentality that's within the, the coaching staff as well as you uh, evaluate film from over the weekend and start moving on to the next opponent that an ugly win is better than a pretty loss? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it changes the whole dynamic. Imagine sitting here, you know, 0-2. You know, imagine Iowa sitting there 0-1 right now. Um, you know, I can tell you, I, I remember the feeling after that Northern Iowa game back in 2009, you know, but I can also tell you the feeling in that locker room after the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech. Nobody nobody was talking about how bad we were on Tuesday um, and uh, how we won't win another game in that locker room in January. So, you know, it, it's really – it's really how you how you teach off that win. It's a lot easier to teach off the win. And the win, there's something positive to, uh, you know, there's something positive. But what I think, though, too, um, what you have to really look at, and I know the coaches are and the players are, is, is the same things kind of showed up, right? The line play on both sides um, should have dominated against, um, against um, North Dakota and, you know, should have, should have been way more up to par uh, against North Northwestern. So that's 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 the con, that's the concerning um, thing for me uh, in both those games where there was some consistency with the inconsistent inconsistency of both fronts that you need to that you need to address. And you know it is a lot easier to address early on and and after a win. Uh, you know you come out to the practice field and. You watch film and say, okay, if we do this against this team, we do this against Oklahoma, we do that, we continue to do this. Um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a long season. So, you know, all you got right now, you got another opportunity to get better after a win. It just changes the whole mindset during the week. Changes the whole mindset in your preparation. It'll change the mindset of the atmosphere in the in the stadium. Imagine if uh, you know they're they're taking a lot of arrows right now, but imagine if they lost that game. Yeah, you probably would have had a coaching change. Who who knows? I mean, it it, it would have been it would have been terrible. So, it was ugly, but it's uh it's a W. You know, you live to uh, you live to play the next week, and if you play well this week, nobody's going to be talking about North Dakota, right? They're going to be talking about the improvement, and they're going to be talking about you know having two wins back to back heading into the Oklahoma game. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, what do you you know about Coach Helton? He's at Georgia Southern now, experienced quarterback, pretty crazy passing attack. What Saturday shape up to be a night game at Memorial? Well, you know, it, it should be a tough environment for them to play in. Uh, obviously, um, you know, you got the advantage, got the advantage right there. You know, night game in Memorial Stadium, so you know the fans. Um, you know they'll they'll make it they'll make it hard right they'll make it hard on that offense that offense there's a lot of no huddle there's a lot of communication um, there's a lot of things coming from the sideline there's a lot of checks there's a lot of um, you know signals communicated between the quarterbacks and the receivers so you know uh, Nebraska should have the advantage that the crowd can can make that tough on an offense like that. Um, and um, you know, but also Nebraska's defense got to give, got to get them off the field. Um, so um, you know, Nebraska's got to keep the fans engaged. You know, the players got to keep keep those fans something to cheer about, something to get after them. But um, you know, they get the ball out out quick. Um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a team that's going to line up and, and run the ball. Um, but they're not afraid to run the ball. There is there is a lot of uh, RPOs and those type of things. So you got to be 
you got to be really, really honed in with your with your eye eye discipline. And you know, I know I hear people all the time. I even heard announcers Saturdays about watching quarterbacks. I, no, you don't watch you don't watch the ball. You watch your receiver. You know, unless you're in some type of like a you know drop eight where you're spot dropping and you know you got the quarterback in front of you and you're just passing things off, then you read the quarterback's eyes. But you know, you, you got to be tuned into the route combinations. You got to pass things off. Um, you know, and that's when I was watching LSU, that's what LSU didn't, or that's what Florida State didn't do on that last drive. And, and you're going to see a lot of those concepts, you know, a lot of those crossers, a lot of those breakers, a lot of, uh, a lot of split coverage routes, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of high low reads that are going to get the ball out of this quarterback's hands quick, quickly. So, you know, what you got to do, you got to get in throwing lanes. It's going to, it's going to be hard to get home against this guy because the ball's out so quick. Um, but what you got to do, you can't give up scrambles, easy yards. You got to stay two by two um, in your throwing lanes. And what I mean by that, you know, when when quarterbacks scramble, I can guarantee that three guys are on one side of the ball, and one guy's on the other. It it it, it, it never fails. So you got to stay two by two uh, when you're not bringing pressure, and when you're bringing pressure, you got to get home quick, and you got to get your hands up, and you got to get different colors flashing in front of that quarterback's eyes. Um, you know, and with this, what they want, you know, they want to throw slants, they want to get penalties, they want you, you know, and then they're going to take their shots on their slant and goes and, and off their RPOs and, and things of that nature. But to me, I, I, I like this matchup with, uh, with the personnel that Nebraska has. I think Nebraska matches up, ma- matches up well with, with their nickel and their, and their dime personnel. And I think they'll be able to get, you know, I think they'll be able to. I don't know if they'll be able to get home. It's not about getting home against a quarterback in an offense like this. It's about disrupting them. It's about making sure that this quarterback's feet uh, aren't set when he throws the football. It's about not having clean throwing windows uh, where he can look down the field and see those crossers and see and anticipate those things opening up. But I really like the matchup. You know, if I was a betting man, I, I really think Nebraska's going to come ready to play. This is a game they need, especially sandwiched in, especially with, you know, the the way the they're perceived how to play and what they're hearing, and you know all the rhetoric that's going on after the North Dakota game. This is exactly the game they need, um, you know, heading into Oklahoma. But I'd be shocked if if they don't show up and play well. I re- I really like the, this matchup for Nebraska's defense against uh, uh, Helton's offense. So the Tuesday with Rick Kaczynski here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Kaz, let's briefly hit something that we hit a little bit last week. Nebraska's continued problems with tackling. It's, it's going to be huge on Saturday for Nebraska. Just get the ball carried to the ground. Don't give up those leaky yards. And uh, Nebraska, again, struggled on Saturday. I've seen people complain about uh, the way they go about tackling, the fact that there aren't guys flying around to the ball. Well, what's your take on the tackling and the, this, the continued issue it's become for Nebraska? Oh yeah, you know a lot of tackling isn't the actual you know getting the runner down. It's you know it's getting to the runner, just like we talked about last week. You know when you have multiple people close to the to the ball carrier, it takes those angles away from that ball carrier. You got to get the runner to slow down. You know you got to get him to downshift. When I was watching Nebraska on Saturday, once again it's a TV copy, right? You know you get spoiled as a coach. End zone reverse. You know slow. You know, guys are three foot tall on the screen. You can see things a lot more. But 
you know, just kind of watching it once again, you know, the, the, the run sometimes, you know, they hit the second and third level with this guy. He's still, you know, he's still in his top gear. You know, you got to get guys to go sideways. I mean, you know, there was a lot of run plays that I saw where this running back from North Dakota and Northwestern, I mean, those guys were one cut and then vertical. You know, you got to make guys side, go sideways. So now you got those pursuit angles. You got the cavalry running to the ball, and you're taking angles away. Just like we talked about before, tackling a guy one on one in open spaces is one of the most difficult things to do, if not the most difficult thing to do in football. So you got to get people running to the ball. Um, you know, go. You know, when you look at that touchdown that they scored on the third in the third quarter after the interception, and he ran through the a gap uncontested. That's what you can't do. He hit the end zone at the same speed. And when he came through the line, you got to make that guy make a second cut. You got to make him go sideways, and that allows your defense to take the proper angles to help out. Right, that gets more guys to the ball, getting off blocks and, and pursuing. So I'm going to stick with this for in, until Nebraska proves me wrong, and I sound like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I think it has more to do with running to the football, getting more guys to the ball. Right, getting more guys to the ball, taking those angles away, and just you know you got to get those guys to go sideways. You got to get those running backs to make a second cut, um, and you got to be close when they catch the ball. You know that's how you make tackles on on passes, man. You got to be right there. You got to be contesting, and you got to be close. You know you let a guy catch a ball, and you're three, four, or five yards away, man. Good luck. That's a tough tackle for Ronnie Lott, and that's a tough tackle for. Uh, Steve Atwater and Deion Sanders, you name it, and put the best back there. That that that's tough, but you know you got to contest balls. You got to be close to the ball carrier in order to give your, yourself uh, a chance to um, you know to get them on the ground in the open field. Gaz, a quick take from the weekend. What did you think of the Irish against Ohio State? And were you part of the other two safety game at Iowa back in '04? <laughs> no, that was. A- that was right before I got there. I got there in uh, in uh, late December '04, um, but uh, I remember I remember that game uh, vividly. Yeah, it was it was it was ugly, but those were two 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 great teams uh, that were on the field that day. I mean, Penn State's defense was probably one of the top in the 2000s, um, and same with Iowa on that day. But uh, yeah, you know, it was a, that was that was tough sledding. Sled. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's really amazing. You know, everybody's talking about Iowa's defense. You know, how about, how about South, was it South Dakota State? Yeah. I mean, how about, how about their defense? I mean, you look at, look at uh, the field position that Iowa was given. I mean, you know, those South Dakota State played on their heels all day. I mean, they answered the bell. I know everybody's talking about Iowa's defense and South Dakota State's defense. If, 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 if if I'm a power five coach, man, I'm going. I'm looking at that coordinator right now. That's a guy that's on my list. That hey, when 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 I'm hiring position coaches, I, I want that guy on my staff because those dudes, man, they didn't look they didn't look like an FCS school, you know, not not physically, not structurally, not the way they played. They played sound. So I was more impressed. You know, I think people should be talking more about that. South Dakota State defense more than Iowa's offense. I mean, you know, what? Why are people surprised, right? Because it's South Dakota State. Because when you, you look at you look at Iowa, you go back 
I think since 17, the highest rank that they finished in offense, I think, is 88. I think last year they were 124. So anywhere between 88 and 124, that's where they have finished. And they've just always played like, and they, they've been top five, top eight defense during that period with Phil Parker. So uh, now, did you expect a little bit more out of them? A- absolutely. You know, a- absolutely. You know, I, so that was tough sled, and that was, that was, uh, whew, that was, that was, a, that's that offensive football back about 20 years on, uh, on both sides, both sides of the ball. But once again, you come out with a win, and what does Iowa do historically? Iowa historically gets, gets better, right? You came out with a win, so it's not necessarily, you know, about week one. If they come out, they take care of business like they have consistently against Iowa State. You play well on offense, all that rhetoric goes away. And you can't worry, as a player, as a coach, you can't worry about that rhetoric. You know, it's there, it's an elephant in a room. Uh, how, how do you fix it? You know, how do you fix it? You know, do you fix it with different guys? You know, you can't change your offense. You can't change who you are. Um, you know, you can't really change how you're practicing. Um, you know, so what do you do at this point? You know, you might have to change the people that you're asking to do uh, what you're doing. So so that might be coming a little bit there. But, you know, I'm not a coach at Iowa. I don't read about all that stuff over there. Uh, I don't, you know, I watch them, but I don't, I don't follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <laughs> You don't have to follow them to know what people are saying about them. But, yeah, man, that was a defensive clinic on both sides both sides of the ball. But obviously a lot of work to do on the uh, on the offensive side. Kaz, you think the Irish played well? Uh, I, th- I thought yeah. they played super physical, just a little too much Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought Ohio State would be a little bit more explosive. Um, you know, I Quite frankly, I mean, obviously where I went to school, I wasn't expecting it to, to be that close. Uh, I thought it was going to be, be um, you know, uh, not a blowout, but I thought that uh, Ohio State would have taken uh, control of the game much earlier than they did. Um, you know, obviously Harry Easton, uh, he's the best O-line coach uh, in, in the country. He'll, he'll get those guys straight. They didn't look physically outmatched. Um, to me, you know, both teams look the same. I mean, it looked like two fast football teams. It looked like two physical football teams. It looked like, you know, um, two athletic football teams. So I think when you look at, you look at Notre Dame teams in the past when they played team, and I'm, I'm going back, you know, you know, 12, 15 years ago, I think, I think that when they played the Ohio States, they played the Alabamas it looked a little bit different. Those guys looked a little bit different. So when you put that TV on Saturday night, you know, Notre Dame kind of looked like Ohio State. They didn't, they, they weren't out athletes, uh, whatever, I, I want to say it, out athleted. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, not, but sure. I'll say it anyway. Got it. But I didn't see that, you know. They didn't look slow. They didn't look like they belonged. Now, that environment, toughest environment in the country at night, unbelievable hard place. thought the quarterback handled it well. Um, Ohio State's just talented, and in, in my opinion, they just had at the end at the end of the day, they just they had some more dudes. They had some more dudes that have been in those situations, and uh, they, you know they rose to the occasion. They just Ohio State was a team that made more plays than than uh, than Notre Dame. Rick Kaczynski at Tuesday with Kaz. Kaz will get caught up next week, ready for Oklahoma. Thanks for the insight today, bud. You got it, partner man. Glad you're feeling better. Thanks, Kaz. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. 
Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Two times. Do we have Schmitty? Who does it, Elijah? It looks like we're going to have to take over this one a little bit while Chris and uh, Gary get set up. Just, uh, I don't know if they can hear us at all. Once they do, they can give us a signal in the chat or on video as to whether or not they can hear us. But let's catch you up on some of the things that have been happening. So first of all, and good text by you to, to alert me to this, of course, it's right in the thick of all the different games going on. Marshall is on top of Notre Dame, 19 to 15 with five minutes left in South Bend, which is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, after Notre Dame uh, fell to Clemson in the opening week. So that is a game worth watching for sure. Kansas State earlier rolled Adrian Martinez. It appears they're not going to rely on him nearly as much as they as Nebraska used to in order to generate all of their offense. Mm-hmm. He ended up with, I think, 100 yards passing on 9 of 20 and then 13 carries for 52 yards, but Kansas State rolled to a 30-plus point win earlier today. Um, so a couple things of nominal interest to Nebraska fans, and we might have Chris and Gary back. Can you guys hear us now over there? And they cannot hear us. You are you're, you're electrocuted. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I'm going to take a freaking hammer to this stuff, but well, yeah, uh, you be unprofessional for two, wow, for, for two seconds. So. And he woke up today and chose violence. <laughs> I did. I, I did. <laughs> Gary Sharp is with us, the Iron Horse. Uh, we are here at the Single Barrel. We're presented by your friends at Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Cranach, you were touching on uh, a couple of things. Lotto, uh, well... Trauma and drama going on in the world of college football. Of course, you had Texas and uh, Bama down to the wire. Great ball game. Washington State's doing really well uh, on the road at uh, Camp Randall. And you guys just tweeted to me, uh, Marshall just went 94 yards at 11 plays. They lead the Irish in the fourth quarter. Is is that correct? It is 19-15 with five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame's got a big third and three upcoming because Marshall's run game has been super solid today, and Notre Dame is on the ropes. Yeah, I got bits and pieces of that uh, from you, <laughs> Elijah. So here's what's going to happen if you're still hearing me and you're not because it says I'm offline. Uh, not yeah, if you I don't can know. Hear Whatever me. Chris did earlier you, in the sh- in the show when he was able to switch sources and chime in with us, that seemed to work better. So maybe he can do that in a little bit. But get a little bit more here into Nebraska and Georgia Southern coming up here. And Elijah, you were you were along the side for the show throughout the week. 
Um, we had talked about it earlier, just the tension that exists right now. It's just because the Ooh. we've seen this we've seen this before. Oh, pick six Marshall. Oh yeah, you're my right. Notre Dame just threw a pick six. Marshall returns it. Oh my goodness. Very long touchdown. There's four minutes and thirty five oh, seconds Notre left. Dame. Marshall is up twenty five to fifteen. How can you not love 15. this sport? It's incredible that the the reactions of the Notre Dame fans currently. Oh, Marshall's yeah. going crazy. It's twenty five to fifteen. Notre Dame's going to lose to Marshall today. Well, and you know what? There is a spot then for Nebraska to vault into the top twenty five. Right? <laughs> I mean, and by the way, that's how it used to work, Elijah. Maybe a little bit before your time, but that used to be a thing, right? Where it's just like, oh, they lost. Okay, cool. Nebraska probably can vault to number four now. Right. Or something like that. But uh, yeah, so Marshall looks like they're going to take down Notre Dame, but there is plenty of time and it's a two score game still. Don't put it past uh, Notre Dame uh, to come back. But back to Georgia Southern and uh, Nebraska today. Going to be interesting because here comes an air raid offense. Mm -hmm. So that means a couple of things. So one, tough to get to the quarterback, Kyle Van Treese. He's been here before also. I think that's pretty important to think about. When you get one of those Sunbelt-ish programs, a MAC program, somebody that's from one of those smaller conferences that truly only play in front of 20, 25,000, maybe 30,000 people, um, at most they'll play in front of, sometimes they'll only play in front of like 10,000. So coming into a big stadium is not to be overlooked in terms of a factor mm-hmm. if you're one of those quarterbacks. But Van Trees, he played for Buffalo. They kind of had some cups of coffee. They've played in some decent stadiums. They played in Lincoln last year. He he gets rid of the ball quickly, and now that he's in an air raid, that's times two. So it's going to be tough to get to him, and the guy's not going to be wowed by what he's seen before. And then on top of that, you have a lot of receivers who are going to be very alert today because they know they have a good chance of getting the ball because they spread it around. You combine those things, and Nebraska should not showing the ability to necessarily – run clock or own the time of possession dude it, it's possible we're looking at a, some semblance of a track meet mm-hmm. <laughs> which is uh kind of surprising when you think about the, those two programs history and one thing that's going to be really really important to note uh today and it sounds silly when you're playing a school like georgia southern but can nebraska win the, the opening toss the coin toss can they win that toss if they can, in fact, do that? I mean, you got a, a big opportunity to drive down the field. We've seen how good Nebraska has looked on their scripted plays to start the game, and I think it's going to be big. Last week, you saw what happened whenever Notre Dame, or excuse me, North Dakota was hanging around. And I got North Dakota on my mind, if you can't tell. But but with yeah. uh, North Dakota hanging around, and, uh, I mean, they had put together a, a very solid first drive. And, and Memorial Stadium was out of that game in the first half, and that is big for the opposition. Is you don't want to get uh, the opponent momentum in this football game because if you do that if memorial stadium crowd falls silent you're only giving confidence to a georgia southern team who's coming in here and let's be honest i said it last week and i said it with again with georgia southern these teams want nebraska of any power five school they're going to have nebraska is the school that they want because nebraska seems like a gettable opponent so i think it's going to be huge for nebraska uh to to take a little life out of georgia southern early because you don't want a team hanging around like we saw with north dakota last week it just gave them life and it made them feel like they were in the game and Nebraska had to take control late. So that's going to be important to watch. If Nebraska can win the toss, go down the field and put a touchdown in, uh, I don't want to say nail in the coffin for Georgia Southern so early, but that is a big first step for this Husker team. 
Guys, we're, we're back here at the single barrel. We're reconnected. You have us okay? Yeah. Thanks for yeah, your you patience on that. Yeah, uh, we are not streaming you video-wise. It's just going to be the, the good old radio, fellas. But uh, the Iron Horse with us, Gary Sharp. Uh, Sharp, you want to get your take, man. You're familiar with uh, Georgia Southern. You uh, have felt and uh, talked about kind of the atmosphere around the Nebraska football program this week with your show. And uh, big ball game tonight for Nebraska. Thanks for coming by. Good to see you again. And, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of things in the air right now. And one of those things is is a nervous fan base. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a night game. I know the weather is it's cool. It's been raining most of the day around here. Uh, you know, it's it's just the kind of it's just kind of there. And there's no like buzz and. You know, you're not really going to change the narrative by how you play tonight. Now, you can a little bit because I, I would have to have less concerns than more concerns after this game. But right now, the program's just in a weird spot. You know, they, they're, they're supposed to beat Georgia Southern. They're coming off really back-to-back uneven performances. And when your head coach is now going into game number three and he's talking about consistency and details, and those are two of the things that were on the report card from your AD that he'd like to see be better, and they're not. I think there is a concern, but, you know, Nebraska needs to find a way to block all that out. But I think there are certain things that were concerns. Elijah and I were talking about this last week, Schmitty, and Elijah and Mark. There are some things that are going into the season we're concerned that are still a concern, and I don't know that you're going to get fixed. Um, maybe you get it fixed on the back end defensively, but I don't think you're going to fix stopping the run. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, it's it's something new every week. I mean, there's a possibility that there'll be a couple of offensive guys that are not available tonight. Um, so that's, it, it, it is what it is. But, you know, they, they got to go out and they got to play well. And you hope they play well. Because if not, next week's going to be one of those weeks, guys, with this, the cold hard truth is, oh, boy, what's going to happen with Oklahoma? And then the next step is, what happens after Oklahoma a bye week before October 1? varsity radio so you mentioned stopping the run so uh, from what you've seen gary is what you're saying that you don't feel like a stefan win can continue to learn the defense continue to get in in, uh, game shape devin drew the same in order to round out that middle of the of the defensive line along with ty robinson colton feast and uh nash huttmacher are you are, are you just not feeling like those two guys could ascend to maybe help kind of stem the tide a little bit defensively because Nebraska has been leaky there. No, I think they are what they are. Now, one thing I did like last week, and this is this has to be the way going forward, is you saw how they distributed the snaps between Robinson and Feast and then Drew and Wynn. I mean, Devin Drew is still getting more snaps than Wynn. And here's the other thing. You know, Nebraska's kind of paying for their sins at certain position groups by recruiting misses. Yeah, And it's really showing up on the defensive line because, guys, another guy, Nash Huttmacher, there's a guy that showed up like a a couple of hours ago is still getting more snaps than he is. Um, So you just you hope that group can be functional. But there's also the part of Nebraska's got to be better at inside linebacker. Luke Reimer hasn't played well. Ernest Hausman is welcome to college football. Now, I think Ernest is going to be a really good player, but, you know, we didn't think he'd be playing this much this soon. Um, you know, where's Maga Clements? Uh, it's just, it's a very uneven football team that go on the back end, and this is part of stopping the run as well, and it, it goes into the, the issues with tackling, is they essentially have played four defensive backs for the entire two weeks. There have been very few snaps 
taken by guys that are not Newsom, that are not Farmer, that are not Hill, that are not Buford. So I don't know what Eric Chenander's going to do, um, but that defense has got to grow up pretty quick here before they get to Oklahoma. Holy yeah, cow. Sharps Holy with us cow. here at How the about this? single barrel. Marshall has thrown another interception. They have iced the game. Jeez. It's over. 26 to 15. So Notre there Dame is, is getting upset. Starting, there is going to be a new starting quarterback at Notre Dame. Uh, starting yeah, and there were, you know, the guys, there were questions about him. The Marcus, the, hey, Marcus Freeman, and I like Marcus. Hmm? His honeymoon just ended. Yeah, it did. Yeah. All right. Oh. Now Kevin, Kevin Warren needs to move on to a different program. Well, uh, Sharpie, uh, a thought here. You, you mentioned paying for sins. I mean, Nebraska has had a lot of attrition. Mark, you've highlighted just the the roster turnover over the, the years, quite frankly, because it's been so high. And it, you've yep. seen it happen. You saw it at Minnesota. But Minnesota has been able to keep a number of – all right, once he flipped that roster in year two – Flex kept a lot of his recruits there, and they've developed and they've built. That's what's hurt Nebraska is they're they're just it feels like they're grasping with the portal, of course, and that could be boomer bust. Well, well, here's an issue: is the high school guys yes have missed on now their portal guys have been relatively yeah. successful, but their portal guy I mean their portal guys have been good. They missed on their high school guys. And that's an issue on defensive line and offensive line. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing is, there's no real, like, reinforcement on the way on defensive line. Now, offensive line, guys, I think keep a close eye. Um, and, and I mentioned here when we first started that there may be uh, two guys on offense missing. They both will be available. So um, they've had a lot of interesting things going on on practice this week. Uh, but <laughs> offensive line, keep an eye on this. The Brock Bando experience might be over. I think they they like Latovsky, and I think you'll see Latovsky play a little bit more today. But mm. their misses on high school kids, um, you know, guys that were here for a cup of coffee and left, or they just, you know, they've never developed, or they may have been rated too high. It's it's the misses that you're paying for now, and 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 you know, how do you overcome that? That's the that's the thing the staff has to do is they have to be able to hide their deficiencies and work on their strengths because. It's not all doom and gloom. There's some good things going on in this football team that you just want to see, like, tonight take the next step. Gary, real quick, when we talk about the high school kids, what, what's, your, what's your take? What's your take on Nebraska's development, the, what, their, their philosophy, what they do? There's not many folks in the world of college football that say anything negative about Coach Duvall, and I think from a strength and conditioning standpoint, he's – He's pretty big time. There's some um, individual ownership you need to take over if you're a line of scrimmage guy to, to be in shape and run. You know, uh, that's that's my two cents. But overall, uh, the practice format, getting guys reps, getting guys ready. Yeah, I don't know about the practice format because I'm not there. But we can see strength and conditioning, maybe the way that they go about strength and conditioning that is not geared to the current way to play football. Um, you know, I had to take a step back when a guy like Amir questions what they're doing and how they lift because he knows, you know. I just think there's a, there's a lot of things about this program that are very uneven. And, and when you've played two football games and you were tied at halftime uh, with North Dakota, you know, people are questioning everything. That's the, that's the big thing internally is they have to block all of the days of, li- days of our lives out. I mean, they got to go out and play a football game and, We'll see. But right now, this program is day-to-day, and, and in a desperate way, they need a victory. But 
I'm telling you, you got to be careful, guys, over the next couple of weeks because October 1 will enter the conversation a lot more depending on how Nebraska plays tonight. And I'm not saying next week, but tonight how they play. Uh, and you got that bye week before. So that's what they did want to have, but that's where we are after Northwestern and, and, and the performance last week. But for I want to I reiterate, was there something in the fourth quarter that Nebraska found that they build on tonight? Yeah, like maybe run the ball. Like, like you know, I've been saying that since '02, uh, but or '03. But no, Gary, I want to uh, let, let me go. Let me throw out a corporate cliche real quick. I want to double click on something that you were just mentioning um, about the strength and conditioning aspect of things. It, I'm shocked by what you just said. Not necessarily from what I've seen on the field, but I think when when Scott Frost took over. You were pretty certain about two things. Explosive offense and strength and conditioning is going to be on point, right? Like, those were just like, you take those to the bank, that's going to happen. What you just said is a little bit of a cause for concern. Can can you expand a little bit on maybe what some of the concerns are there, um, considering how much Frost values strength and conditioning, and like Chris said, Duvall came in with a pretty sterling reputation. So this comes from, Amir said it publicly, but these are this comes from a couple of guys that are playing now in the NFL that come back and they work out with Nebraska in the offseason. And they said the way Nebraska is lifting now has a lot of the Husker power elements in it, but in the game of football, you don't lift that way. Like the, the whole squatting and all of that stuff. It's more, it's more speed and and bam 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 that is being kind of like the new way to lift for football and nebraska isn't necessarily doing that and i think a lot of these guys that have been here and now we're in the nfl are like well that's that's not adjusting to how we're doing it now and that may equate to some of the issues because you know there's also the part of i don't know what they did during august well i know what they did during august they didn't go full speed a lot of times they had the weird three on one off um you know they weren't as physical you know, guys' bodies still don't look good. Mm. I mean, guys guys don't look good physically. And there's another aspect of this conversation. And this is where now we're into the college football season and we're watching other teams play. And even, even like-builded teams in the Big Ten and around the country. What happened to Nebraska's speed? Dude, that's, that's glaring. That's a good question, especially when you look defensively. Mm. You just don't see explosive playmaking on defense in the front seven, right? You'll see that, I think, from Caleb Tanner because he's a freak. Outside of that, not really. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, it, it, it stands out when you, when you watch Nebraska and then you turn around and you watch somebody else play. And I'm not, I'm not talking about watching Alabama and Texas play today, but kind of similar programs. And you go, where is Nebraska's speed? Because there are guys that we knew were speed demons when they got here, but they, they, they don't look as fast. They don't look as explosive. They don't look as twitchy. Mm-hmm. And that's a concern to me. And, I, you know, that's something you don't correct during the course of the season. That's something that is corrected eight months out of the year before you get to the month of August. Gary, some keys for you tonight and what, what you, you want to see, what you need to see, as Sharpie's <laughs> given himself the old... Uh, uh, the old Jim Carrey, um, <laughs> ultra uber super close up in the snowflake fish tank. But no, 
what do you feel good about for Nebraska? So here's what here's what I would like to see. Going back to that fourth quarter. So if you remember one of the, the last touchdown drives, Ben Hart got a penalty. What happened after that? Nebraska went the next eight plays where for the first time this year, it looked like the play calling was in sync with the execution, mm-hmm. where guys ran the play that was called all 11 on the field. I would like to see if that they can replicate that um, because I do believe they can. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think all of a sudden Casey Thompson, after success running the ball twice, is all of a sudden going to take off. Um, but they got to be able to help Anthony Grant out. Anthony Grant also, there's two things with Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant made a lot out of a little last week. But Anthony Grant also, I think, wastes a lot of movement. He gets kind of, you know, I, I think there are times where he doesn't need to be shifty, where he just needs to run with power and through a hole, and he'll get more yards. But, I mean, I'm nitpicking here because he is—he bailed out Nebraska last week, and he was really good the week before. I mean, here's a guy that has two back-to-back games where he's had a 46-yard touchdown. So I would like to see Nebraska's offense get into a rhythm where they have a purpose and they have an identity, and it is an identity that carries throughout the football game. And then on defense, guys, we got to see some takeaways. Mm-hmm. This is a defense that's got to get some takeaways because we all know what's coming up next Saturday. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, what will be longer tonight? Uh, punt return or in Casey Thompson run? Oh, there's your prop bet for the day. Your Casey Thompson run, and it's not even close. Yep. <laughs> so you're are you Nebraska going off? Know how to punt return anymore? Well, I, I would well, say the, the longest punt return is probably going to be uh, what zero yards? I don't think we've seen yes. anything but a so fair catch. So they haven't this returned year. a punt this year. The longest was 11 yards last year. Oh, oh, sweet. What was Santino cranking out in yeah. the 04 season? Yeah, he hurt his arm doing 2. this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing. That is, you know, that's a discussion point is here's I'll throw it out to the three of you because I'm ta- I've, I've talked way too much is who are you more surprised by the way that their position group has been coached and how they played for two weeks and, and you factor in your expectations more surprised by Mickey Joseph or Bill Bush? for the good or the bad during the first two weeks? I'll jump in first. I, I think special teams from a from a punting standpoint has been nice. Nebraska's not uh, handed over great field position, so right, wrong, or whatever, the, the opposing offenses have been able to earn it and keep the football against Nebraska's defense. But I think the wideouts with their drops, other than Palmer's huge... Uh, third down catch last week. I think the wideouts haven't kind of lived up to their hype. Special teams from a return standpoint haven't done anything, but from a field goal and punting standpoint and a coverage standpoint, yep. I think they've, they've been, they haven't hurt you. Yep. Mark or Elijah? I just jump in here and say, I mean, Scott Frost said it this week. He, he does want his special teams to start moving to a direction where they can start putting you in position to win games. But I think the fans, all they wanted from the special teams this season was to not lose you games. And the special teams has, has done a fair job. They're not wowing me by any sense, but they're fine. They're, they're not losing you games with anything. So I, I can't say the special teams personally. Uh, I, it's, I, I would have to agree. What? Where are we on time here? I'm sorry. We've got I, about 30 I seconds left here, or maybe a minute. Uh, okay, I, I can that. make some time. <laughs> Elijah, well, take the old hedge clippers wrap. out, and, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure out <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> I'm, I'm a professional. I can handle it. All right, Cranet, go ahead, bud. Yeah, no, it's so I, I got a little static coming back this way too. What was the talk to me? Okay, so surprise wise, who? What, what's your quick thoughts on? 
special teams wide receivers we we kind of generally we really like both position coaches they like their group in august what who do you like more on september 10th you know i would say the receivers and outside of that first game where you had quite a few drops especially from trey palmer um he didn't have quite as many last time I've been impressed with Elante Brown. In fact, that's a guy, he's playing the way I sort of always expected him to, to play. Didn't necessarily think he'd be your 150-yard, three-touchdown guy, but I thought he was a guy you could get on a short to intermediate route, make some guys miss, move the chains. Then he's done that in both games so far this year, so I think he's benefited from Mickey Joseph's coaching. And Trey Palmer, I think you'll continue to see a little bit more of him. Omar Manning still appears to be a threat. Marcus Washington looked pretty good last week. Uh, you know, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda looked good in week one. I think it's a pretty, I think it's kind of runaway. Um, but to Elijah's point, special teams has been solid. I wouldn't say wow, but uh, they haven't, they haven't made you throw something at the television um, <laughs> yeah. like they did the past couple of years. So yeah, I give the edge to Mickey Joseph and, and the receivers right now. And I don't think the wideouts have been bad, Cranach. I just think that the drops were very costly. Some of the personnel choices were questionable, specifically yeah. timing-wise. Uh, if we go back to, to Dublin, uh, Hail Bar City Radio is on the road. We're here at the Single Barrel. We're wrapping up a, a weekend edition, a flex schedule weekend edition. Uh, next week, we are at the bar, the bar, 16th and P, with our old buddies Seth and Gregors. Uh, pre and post game at the bar. The bar. What time are we gonna be there? Six in the morning. Uh, probably seven to nine, eight to ten, something all like right, that. Right. I had a boomer sooner, so we all got to. Uh, since it is Nebraska, Oklahoma, we all got to wear our Eisenhower Beaver jackets. Okay, <laughs> we got to break out the Beaver uh, next weekend. Uh, now, if it's warm out, I, we all get a pass. But if it's uh, conditions like they are today, uh, there you have it. Uh, check out uh, stream only afterwards on. All the alpha platforms with the Real Red Reaction. Elijah, good stuff. Cranach, thanks for spending time. Gary Sharp with this Iron Horse. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Guys, take care. And uh, we will check in Monday with Oklahoma Week postgame right after. Stream only on ESPN Lincoln after Nebraska-Georgia Southern. Take care. A Huda Media Production.